the cross is powerful. Thank you, ladies, for that beautiful reminder of the power of the cross. Thank you for joining us today. We're glad that you're here in the sanctuary. And if you're joining us by live stream or Facebook Live, we welcome you too. And we pray that you feel the power of the cross today as we worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Thank you uh, for being here. If you're a, a guest, we welcome you. And I think on the way out at the tables, I think there may be some guest registration forms. We'd love for you to fill one of those out and let us know a little bit about yourself. But thank you for choosing to worship with this church family today. I want to give you the opportunity to greet one another. Just stand and wave at those around you and let them know that you're glad they're worshiping with you today. And then we'll join in singing All Hail the Power. You join as we sing. name is the name above all names. You join as we continue in worship together. Amen. 
Will 
We'd like to welcome you to this service today, those of you worshiping here and on live stream and Facebook Live. I asked the first service this, I want to ask you this, how many of you are grateful for God's amazing grace today? Hopefully all of us are grateful for his amazing grace, and there is no other name under heaven given to mankind whereby we must be saved in the name of Jesus, and at the name of Jesus, one day every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we are so grateful for the hope we have in Christ. I'm grateful that every week there's an opportunity for us to come together in prayer. We all need prayer, and there's power in prayer. And I shared at the early service, I believe with all my heart that things are looking up, and, and there are brighter days ahead for us. And, and all we have to do is keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus doesn't mean that they're not challenging times and there's heartache and difficulty and pain. But one thing we know for sure that Jesus Christ is our strength and our redeemer. And we know we can get through whatever it is we're going through with his love, his mercy, and his grace. So at this time, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. You can stand, you can kneel wherever you're worshiping today. That can be your altar but I'm going to invite you to go to the Lord in prayer with me. Father, thank you for the beauty of this day, to see the sunshine and to feel warmth. Let's us know spring is right around the corner. And Father, we are grateful for the light of Jesus Christ and the warmth of his love and grace. Father, I pray today for folks in this place and people watching that they might feel, God, your love and, and they might know, God, that you promised to be with them and to be with us. And Lord, today we pray prayers of thanksgiving for being faithful to us through a very difficult year. Father, it was a year ago today that we had our last service before we quarantined and before we had to close the doors to in-person worship, even though we continued to do worship online. And Father, it was that weekend right after our women's conference. And Lord, I want to say thank you for the devoted women's conference, for many, many lives that were touched, women whose lives were changed and, and uplifted. And God, we pray there would be a ripple effect that even though the conference ended, Father, the, the love and purpose that you have given us will continue. And I pray, God, that you would just bless all those who took part. And I thank you, Father, for my wife, Kelly, and Jessica Schweitzer, and who worked so hard to make this possible. Bless them, God, and continue to bless this ministry for many more years. Father, we just pray that you would bless those today that are hurting, grieving. Father, we continue to lift up the Will Hoyt family, the loss of Dave, and ask that you would comfort them and strengthen them. 
Father, and be with the Penn family and be with Gary and the loss of his wife, Elaine, and give them comfort and strength. Father, we pray for those that are taking chemotherapy and radiation and going through treatments or rehabilitation after a surgery. Bless them. Heal them, we pray. We'll give you all the glory. Father, continue to bring healing in our land and in our world. Father, we're grateful that people are getting better, and we pray that, Father, you would heal those that are still recovering from this virus, and Father, protect those that have not had it, that they will not get sick. Father, just continue to be with our leaders and be with our churches, and Father, we pray daily for revival and spiritual awakening that, Father, you would use this time to draw us closer to you. And Father, I pray if there are those watching or here today that have never given their life to Jesus, that this would be the day of salvation, that many would come to know Jesus personally. Father, that Christians would have their hearts renewed, that new family members would come into this family of faith. So, Father, we just thank you and continue to bless our children, our students, our young people and teachers and faculty. And, Father, just bless them through this very difficult and trying time. And, Father, we just thank you for the victories we trust you to continue to bring. Bless now the remainder of this service. Continue to sing and play through our musicians. Speak through your word and your servant and change all of our hearts that we might be more like Jesus in whose strong and holy and powerful and precious name we pray. Amen. I would like to welcome back. You know, it's so exciting each week to see some folks that are back at church that maybe have gotten their vaccines and feel comfortable to come back or New faces that have been coming, we welcome all of you here, and it's great to see some of you back, and uh, grateful to see all of you, but I'm grateful uh, to see folks coming back. We look forward to uh, seeing more folks in the near future. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 23, and I'm thankful our ensemble from our choir will be leading us in worship after the reading of God's Word. Beginning with verse 35, the people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was written a notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, 
remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
thank you all for leading. What a beautiful song. I know we are all those earthen vessels that the potter begins to create uh, a new vessel, even when we have made mistakes in life. I'm so thankful for his grace. I always like to share a little humor to get you ready to listen to more important things. One of the church members sent me a text this week saying that they had hired a handyman to do some work at their house, gave them a to-do list while they went to work. When they got home from work, they noticed that only items one, three, and five had been done. And it turns out uh, that this handyman uh, only does odd jobs. So, isn't that odd? Remember that joke? Isn't that odd? Anyway, I have to tell you that one again. How many times through the years have we said, if only? If only I would have listened. If only I would have said no. If only I would have said, I'm sorry. If only I would have asked for help. If only I would have stayed in school. If only I would have taken the job. If only I would have said, I love you. We all through our lives have lived sometimes with regret. We look back and say, if only. We've all made bad decisions, haven't we? Through our lives, we've all looked back and said, what was I thinking? That, that was a bad decision. Some of these decisions have altered and have affected the course of our lives. Looking back, when we look at some of those decisions, it's affected how we've lived from that moment on. But yet, today I'm so grateful that if we can make one good decision for eternity, it will offset all the bad ones that we've made here on this earth. One good decision in eternity, for eternity, will offset all the, the bad ones that we've made on this earth. <clears throat> this past Wednesday night, we began a series that we're going to be doing on Wednesdays, Sundays, Wednesdays, Sunday, until we get to Palm Sunday. And we're looking at the seven last words or seven last sayings of Christ. We've done this periodically throughout the years and called it various things, but we look at these last words of Jesus when he was down on the cross to save you and me. They're wonderful words, applicable words, life-changing words, powerful words, real words, words that speak to our hearts, words to guide us, words to encourage us, words, I pray, to change us. And if you were able to tune in last Wednesday, and we'll be doing the next set this next Wednesday, but if you were able to watch, we see Jesus after going through three bogus trials and a fourth by people's court being condemned to die. And we know that Jesus Christ was the only perfect person ever to live. And even though he appeared before Roman governor Pilate and he found no fault in him, the Sanhedrin, the Jewish Supreme Court, made up of Pharisees, Sadducees, 
chief priests and teachers of the law wanted him dead. They thought Jesus was blaspheming, claiming he was the Messiah, the, the Son of God. They were threatened because he offered a better way. And it was not through the law, but Jesus and the law of love. And we watched Jesus be beaten and bruised and scourged and spat upon, and he would die on the cruelest form of execution ever devised for mankind when he would die on that old Roman rugged cross. And as Jesus was bleeding and suffering with the crown of thorns pressed on his brow, Jesus said some of the most powerful words that could ever be spoken by anyone, especially while suffering, bleeding on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. We talked about Wednesday. Who, who is the them? Well, it could have been the, the Sanhedrin, the chief priest, teachers of the law, the Roman executioner. Could have been the crowd, could have been the criminals, could have been the soldiers casting lights for his robe. It could have been, the, again, the disciples who had deserted him. It could have been you, it could have been me. When he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. We talked about Wednesday that some people don't know what they're doing, and we are to forgive them. And we know some people know exactly what they're doing. And they hurt us unjustly, unfairly, but we're to forgive them anyway. And that's the real challenge for people that are trying to live a Christian life, to be the, the men and women of faith, the people of faith that God wants us to be. But then today, when we read the scripture, we see Jesus, after being mocked by having a sign that said, King of the Jews, and he was claiming to be the Messiah, they were making fun of, here's the king of the, the Jews to make light of his title. And after giving him wine vinegar to try to, to numb his pain, we see Jesus hung between two convicted criminals, the most holy son of God placed between two of the most unholy men in the world and I don't think that was by accident. I, I, think that was, I think that was very intentional. I, I think it was to bring more humiliation to Jesus Christ, that he would die publicly between two convicted criminals. And what these Roman soldiers probably didn't know is that they were fulfilling prophecy, ancient prophecy, because if you read in Isaiah 53, 12, it said, he was numbered among the transgressors. And so they were fulfilling prophecy when Jesus was being crucified on the cross. And while Jesus was on the cross, he said the second set of words or the second sayings from the cross that were so powerful and relevant. And if you're here today and you have lived in regret in your life and you've been one of those people that have said, if, if only, if only, and you've been living in regret, then I believe today God has the power to set you free and through his Holy Spirit, he can give you a new beginning, a fresh start, a do-over, if you will, like we used to say. 
playing, but I want a do-over. Well, you can have a do-over today, but you have to be willing to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first step we learn in this story is that we must admit our wrong. We must admit our wrong. Verses 39 through 41 of Luke chapter 23, it said one of those who hung there, one of the criminals who hung there, hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him. And he said, don't you fear God? And then he went on to say that you have been given the same sentence. We are getting punished justly. We are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. And so here's one on this side and one on the other. One who's hurling insults. If you look over Mark chapter 15, verse 32, both of them had been hurling insults. It said in Mark 15, 32, those crucified with him heaped insults on him. So we know at one point they both were insulting Christ. But then what happened? Why is it that one continued to insult him? What happened to this other criminal? What happened? What what made him change? Was it that he had heard Jesus, the Messiah, speak? Had he seen him love the lowly and eat with sinners and touch the untouchable? Had he witnessed Jesus bringing worth and meaning to the outcast, to the leper, to the paralytic, to the possessed man? Something changed him when he saw this bleeding and bruised man who would be willing to die for those who would treat him so unfairly and treat him so poorly. And there was a change that took place in his life. And I pray that today we would be willing to admit when we're wrong. We have trouble, don't we, sometimes admitting our wrong. And I've shared more than one time, you know why? Pride gets in the way. When we look at Proverbs 16, 18, it says pride goes before destruction a haughty spirit before a fall. So many times we want to blame somebody else when we know good and well deep inside that it's our own fault. And yet we look to blame somebody. It's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault. And when we see this one criminal on the side of Jesus said, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. He was admitting his wrong. You've heard me share these passages so many times, almost weekly. Romans 3.23, which says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. 1 John 1.9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. I'm so thankful for that. 
It seems to never fail that when I'm working on my sermon, whether it's on a Tuesday or a Thursday or a Saturday afternoon, I always get a call. <laughs> I don't think that's by accident. I, I had a particular illustration that I was going to share at this point. And then I got a call as I was working on this point, and it was a God thing, but on the other end was somebody that said, is this Brother Todd? I said, yes, yes it is. So Brother Todd, I owe you an apology. And I said, okay. And said, I'm really sorry. A couple weeks ago, let me back up, I came in on a Monday and the secretary said, Deb said there had been a couple of messages left on the answer machine and uh, they were not real nice. And the reason there were two messages is because the first one was so long that the tape ran out. And so they had to have two to get everything in they wanted to say. They were blasting me, they were blasting this church, and they were just unloading. And so this person had seen the error of their ways and they called me and they were asking for forgiveness and they proceeded to tell me and what I knew, I think I recognized the voice and, uh, and then they proceeded to tell me something which I already knew that they battled alcohol addiction. And basically when they had called, they weren't in the right mind. And they were just unloading a lot about what they were feeling. And so they said, Brother Todd, I feel like I'm at a crossroads in my life. And said, I want to go on Jesus' road. But I've been going on the devil's road. And said, I'm, I just want you to know I'm sorry. And I said, man, I forgive you. I said, I forgive you. It's okay. And I said, I want to pray for you. And I prayed with him. And guess what? When I finished praying, he said, can I pray for you? And he prayed for me. And then he went on to say, he goes, Brother Todd, would you mind if I call you anytime and, and just talk to you? And sometimes I said, look, you can call anytime. Here's Bill Adcock's number. And I gave him Bill's number. <laughs> I said, Bill, be happy to talk to you anytime. Anyway, no, I didn't do that, but I said, that was a joke. That part was a joke. But I did say, you call me anytime, and I'm happy to talk with you and pray with you, and I forgive you. He admitted his wrong, and I forgave him. And we too should forgive people. And they were willing to admit they're wrong. And I talked about that Wednesday night. For if we forgive people when they sin against us, our Heavenly Father will forgive us. But if we do not forgive people when they sin against us, our Heavenly Father will not forgive our sins. So we've got to forgive people. The first step today, if we really don't want to live in regret as we have to admit our wrong. But secondly, we must ask Jesus to come into our heart. Now, this is a beautiful part 
This man said in verse 42, after he rebuked the other criminal, he said, and again, he's dying like Jesus. He's been crucified on a cross too. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Basically, he was given a simple confession and profession of his faith. And what he was doing is he was desiring what I think we all desire. He was desiring and wanting mercy. Now think about what Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. He said, I, Yet I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, but I was shown mercy. We many times talk about Ephesians 2, 8. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. He wanted mercy. And then I think he also wanted what we all want. Don't we all want meaning in our lives? We want our lives to count. We don't want to be just that dash and then have no purpose or meaning in our life. We all long for meaning in our lives. And Rick Warren said years ago in his book, Purpose Driven Life, without God... Life has no purpose, and without purpose, life has no meaning. And so when we ask Christ to come into our lives, we have meaning. And I've shared this over and over to my children. I've shared it with you. Our meaning and our worth and our identity comes from Jesus Christ, not by what we do or what we play or, or how we, our identity is in Christ. Not in sports, not in education, not in how many degrees or what size house we have or what kind of car we drive or climbing the corporate ladder or how many people, uh, how many friends we have on Facebook. Our worth comes from Jesus Christ and Christ alone. He brings meaning into our lives. And so, as he's making this deathbed confession and I, I can't tell you how many times I've been with people in the hospital room at their homes in hospice care in the nursing home I can't tell you how many times I've been with people when they've asked Jesus to come into their heart at the end of their life and do I believe they're saved I do I hurt for them because they've missed out on living a, a joyful, fruitful life for many years they've missed out on, but I believe it's from their heart and genuine. I believe that they get saved. And I can't tell you how many people I've had the privilege of praying with, and they felt the peace after giving their heart to Christ. Basically, a deathbed confession is what we're seeing from this criminal but then I shared that early on in this pandemic, I think a lot of people were scared. A lot of people were rattled. I had people calling me who were wanting to give their life to Christ. They were afraid that there wasn't going to be a tomorrow. They didn't know what the future held. So I had people calling me or church members calling me, asking me to touch base with their friend who was one, and I prayed with people to receive Christ. 
Even one day, a family came in and I baptized two young people. Had masks on, they had masks on, and, and I baptized them, and they were wanting to follow through and get their lives in order. But I shared, I've noticed something in recent weeks and months as things are seeming to get a little better. I don't know if people aren't thinking about it as much, but I'm not getting those calls like I was at the beginning. Oh, maybe that's in the end of time. Maybe things are going to get back to normal and everybody's going back to normal. I've shared, if we haven't been changed by what's happening in our world today, then something is wrong. If we haven't had our spiritual eyes open and our hearts open to say, man, I need to, I need to make some changes. I need to be a better husband, a better wife. I need to be a better father. I need to be a better son or a daughter. I need to be a more faithful Christian. I need to be a more responsible person. If we haven't made some changes right now, what's it going to take to open our eyes to say, man, I've been missing it for years, but I'm ready now. God, you got my attention, and I'm ready to make the needed changes. I pray today that you would ask Jesus, because we're not assured of tomorrow, Ask Jesus to come into your heart today. But then lastly, we have to be willing to accept God's love and the hope that he gives us. Now here comes the second set of words from the cross. When the criminal said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus didn't have to think about it. He's bleeding. He had been beaten again and bruised and crown of thorns on his brow. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, or truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Isn't that beautiful? We have to be willing to accept that offer that Christ gives all of us. We have to make the decision, am I going to accept this free gift? What am I going to deny it? This man was on his deathbed. And I pray today that we don't have the promise of tomorrow, that we would accept his mercy and his grace. Truly, or I tell you the truth, we know Jesus is the truth. John 14, 6, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hebrews eleven six, 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This criminal was earnestly seeking Jesus. And he accepted his love and the hope that Christ offered him. Today you'll be with me in paradise, not tomorrow, not next week, next month, next year. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Paradise comes from a Persian word, which means walled garden. And when a Persian king wanted to honor one of his subjects, it was the greatest honor to walk with the king through the garden. And when Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise, he was saying, today to this one who had made a series of bad decisions in his life, today you're going to walk with me through the the garden courts of heaven and eternity, not with just any king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords.
You're walking with me today. And you can too, but you have to be willing to accept his love and his grace. I want to close by sharing a story I'd shared years ago, but it, it was such a powerful story. Somebody that I knew had been arrested for some pretty serious crimes, not only arrested, convicted, and uh, they were in the Lexington Detention Center. And uh, I wanted to go see them because I heard they were going to be transferred to a federal penitentiary in a state far away, and uh, they were going there for the rest of their life. They're going to be there for the rest of their days on this earth. And when I went over to visit, so happened that the chaplain at the time at the Lexington Detention Center was a former pastor of a church where my family and I had served, and he was the chaplain, and uh, I didn't have to go and talk through the, the glass on the phone. He gave me one of the little lawyer glassed-in rooms where I could meet face-to-face -face with the person. And so I'm grateful when I'm able to do that. And sometimes it's a little law library. And anyway, I got to, to meet with the gentleman. And what I saw that day was an authentic, genuine sorrow for the crimes that he had been convicted of. And I asked him if he wanted to confess his sin, and give his heart and life to Jesus Christ. You know, I've prayed that prayer with a lot of people in jail before, and it's, they call it a jailhouse confession, and it wasn't real, and they go back to doing everything they've been doing anyway, but this, this was genuine. And as he prayed to receive Christ, he had tears going down his face, and I did too. Man, I knew the crimes he had been convicted of, and they were bad. Now, I thought about sin in my own life and how God loved me and forgave me, and in his eyes were all sinners in need of mercy and grace. And then I was grateful that the chaplain, I said, I'm so sorry, I wish I could baptize you, but now, think about this criminal on the cross. He couldn't jump off the cross and run down to the Jordan River and get baptized. Jesus said, today, you'll be with me in paradise, which lets me know it's by faith that we're saved. But if we're able, physically, if we're able to be baptized, that's obeying God's command that we be baptized. But he couldn't. But I said, I wish I could back. So then I went to the chaplain, and I said, do you have a vase or something that we could put water in? He brought me a vase, a flower vase, and put water in it. And in that little glassed-in room right there in the Lexington Detention Center with other inmates walking around, I baptized my friend in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I believe he felt the peace the same peace that this convicted criminal felt, knowing that when his life would end on this earth, he would be in eternity. What about you? You're, 
you've got a very important decision. You're going to walk out of here today, and you're going to say, I feel that same peace, or you're going to say, if only, if only I would have made a commitment and given my life to Jesus. If only I would have listened to the promptings of the Holy Spirit instead of being worried about what people will think or worried about people looking at me. If, if you can leave here today and be at peace, praise God. But if you're going to leave here with regret, then I challenge you to make the greatest decision of your life today by giving your heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus and accept his love, his grace, and his hope. Maybe you're a Christian and you've, you've grown bitter and you've grown angry. You, you haven't forgiven someone and they've hurt you and, and it's made you doubt your faith or doubt that there is a God even. And maybe today you're going to come back home and you're going to recommit your life to Christ and get a second chance. Many times when I run every day, I'm, I pray each day and sometimes I'll just say, and I've told you all this, really, thank you God for all the chances you've given me in my life. Second chances, third chances, all the chances you've given me. How could we ever repay him? Or maybe you're looking for a place to call home. This is a field hospital for sin, sick, and hurting. This is a place where we come just as we are, and we have the greatest physician of all, Jesus Christ, to bring healing and hope to our lives. Would you be willing to make one eternal decision in just a moment that will cancel out, offset all the bad ones that we've made, even now as we pray. Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any folks in this room or people watching and, and they felt the Holy Spirit convicting them today and touching their heart, and maybe they've been living in regret, I pray, God, that right now as your Holy Spirit is moving, that you're going to draw people to Jesus, that they would admit they're wrong and, and they would ask you to come into their heart and they would accept, Father, the love and grace and hope that we have in Christ. Thank you, Father, for second chances. Lord, I pray that people would not leave today or not go throughout this day without getting their house in order, their life in order with you right now while we are able. I believe as long as we have breath, there's hope. So give us that courage, Lord, to do what you would have us to do. Father, I pray if there are Christians that need to recommit, rededicate, and Lord, this season that we've gone through has opened our spiritual eyes and like, wow, I've, I've been missing it. I've placed priority on worldly things and other activities when, Jesus, you should be of most importance. Or Lord, maybe there's someone wanting to join a church family. We're, this is a wonderful church and a lot of wonderful people. God, I pray this would be the day that new family members would come in. But God, however your Holy Spirit leads, may we make the decision of a lifetime for eternity, even now, in the strong name of Jesus, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand right now if you're in this place, and invite you to come to Christ and make the greatest decision, or if you're at home, 
You can make this decision and contact us here at the office. It would be our privilege to talk with you, pray with you about your decision. But won't you come as we sing this hymn of commitment? Thank you so much for being here today. It's a beautiful day. I'm so grateful that you are here. And as I shared at the early service, it just seems like there's a newness, a freshness in the air with spring around the corner and with people starting to get out a little more. I'm so grateful for God's faithfulness to us through this past year. And he's going to continue to be faithful. And we must continue to be faithful to him if this is your first time worshiping with us, thank you so much for coming. Hope you'll come to worship with us again. If it's your first time to watch us, thank you for watching. And we're hoping in the near future, we've ordered some new uh, upgrade to our equipment, cameras, and it's going to help with the quality of picture and sound. We're going to be getting it on the tail end of this thing. But moving forward, it will help our quality to be better. It's going to make me look better, and I need all the help we can get. Um, people said that glare off the top of your head is really bothering. I tell them it's a halo. It's a halo. But uh, don't forget that you'll be receiving discussion questions that you can uh, go over with your family or friends to talk about the sermon. Then invite folks to worship with us virtually Wednesdays at 6. Our staff, we've been talking. We're going to meeting, be meeting with safety and risk management. Hopefully in the near future, we're going to be doing away with reservations. And hopefully in the near future, uh, we're going to be seeing more people as we approach Holy Week and Easter. We'll be keeping you posted on what we're going to do to try to keep people safe still, but also 
uh, get more folks back to, to God's house. But thank you for your patience, your prayers, your love and support. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Get outside if you can. Take a walk or do something else. That's a beautiful day. Enjoy God's blessing. Don't forget how much God loves you, and we love you too. Bill, if you would close us in a song. Share that love as you go. God be with you.